At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to Roto World's Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Friday, November 4th, and today it is your serviceable and intriguing waiver wire pickups for week three. I'm joined by Jonas Nader, who writes the waiver wired comp for NBC Sports Edge, and Ryan Knaus, who I would say loves talking about waiver wire pickups in general. Ryan, would you say that's an accurate uh, tagline for you? I would, and I forgot that you had, that the subtitle to this episode was serviceable and intriguing, which I really enjoy. I feel like that's going to sum up a lot of the people we're about to talk about. Hey, listen, if if it's, they're not serviceable or intriguing, what are what are we doing here? <laughs> why are why are we here? Um, all right. Well, first things first. Now, Jonas, of course, ha- is going to write is writing the waiver wire column. It's going to publish today. If by the time you hear this, it's probably already published. But we also have a couple of um, we have we have a couple big situations to talk about in terms of like big name players who will be off their roster for the foreseeable future. So let's start in Philly. We know James Harden is set to miss a month due to a tendon strain in his right foot. And honestly, I just tend to take the over on any injury timetable these days. I mean, so if we know he's out for a month, we have to assume there's a possibility it's longer than a month at this point. So Jonas, for starters, I don't know if there's a waiver wire pickup here, but like, what do you think the kind of fallout is here for the roster and, and who do you think benefits the most? Yeah, I had to double check uh, Melton's roster percentage and it's sitting right 69%, now at 69%, right? 69%, yeah. Unless you're in a shadow league, he's most likely gone. And for good reason, too. I mean, I was looking at his rank this morning and it kind of took me back because everyone had dropped Melton like the first week because he's been playing low minutes, but he was super mm-hmm. efficient. And once Embiid started missing games and now there's Harden sitting out, Melton was the fifth starter. So he's been getting a lot more minutes. And in only 22 minutes per game, he's been a six rounder. Pretty nuts. Uh, his steal rate is top of the NBA right now. He's hitting threes at a ridiculous clip. I don't think he's missed a free throw yet. Nope, he hasn't missed a free throw yet. He's just playing unbelievable. And I was worried at first that Taylor Jenkins followed him to Philly because of the minutes. Yeah, Soto. yeah, yeah. Doc Rivers finally understands what a good player he is. So I think Mellon's going to be, honestly, could be top 50 without Harden. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, I, you know, I follow you on Twitter, Jonas, so I get all the Melton play-by-play yeah. as we <laughs> as we go through this. And it was eight, disheartening. Eight Melton to see tweets him. per day from Jonas. Yeah, <laughs> but to see the minutes that low, given his permanent production, it's like, what are the, what are they doing? But absolutely, Melton is is the biggest winner here. But Harden, as we know, is a you know he has the ball in his hands a lot. He's got twenty seven percent usage. A lot of that's going to go to Embiid. And Maxi, I think Tyrese Maxi is mm. another pretty big winner here. But quietly, I think a guy like Tobias Harris could also yeah. win. Now, mm. these aren't pickups. I mean, this is a, the waiver wire episode. All these guys are already rostered with the possible right. exception of Melton, as you said, in shallower leagues. I don't know that there's like a rush to the wire and grab XYZ player who's probably not rostered in many leagues. Is there anyone who springs to mind, guys, outside? Because that usage is going to be picked up by a bunch of different players it's going to go to the heavy hitters and be maxi and so forth i mean i'm not picking up daniel house that's for sure 
Right. Like, <laughs> Niang is sort of interesting. I think he can be like a guy that can get you like three triples with like maybe 13, 14 points, but nothing else. Consider him like a bargain bin. Doug McDermott, I would say. Um, another guy I would watch would <laughs> there's be... There's an intriguing... There's an intriguing sell right there. <laughs> that, if, if that doesn't get you pumped, I don't know yeah. what's going to. Honestly. Exactly. But I was also looking at Shake Milton too. Like if Shake Milton huh? gets minutes, he's been productive in the past too. Yeah. Obviously, he's been kind of buried on that in that depth chart. But Shake Milton is kind of interesting. I think if you're in a deep league, I'd be watching him very close tonight. Yeah, I saw Shake get added in one of my leagues. I, I'm not running to do that just yet, but certainly a watchless guy at least. And as for Melton, yeah, he's played 30 plus minutes in two of his last three active games. He missed one recently, so a positive sign there. And by the way, I did go into Twitter recently to try to. Uh, mute tweets from Jonas Nader about De- DeAnthony Melton, but I couldn't figure out that setting as a very specific configuration. <laughs> just D- just DM Elon much, Musk. He'll, he'll set that much, up for you. <laughs> oh, boy. Too much content. Too much content there. Uh, all right. As you probably heard by now elsewhere, Kyrie Irving has been suspended by the Nets for at least five games. Now, because this is a waiver wire podcast, we're looking at this from a fantasy basketball and roster standpoint. So with Irving suspended, and Ben Simmons injured, by the way. Is there anyone we're adding here, Jonas? Uh, is there any action to take here in terms of our fantasy rosters? Well, as I was writing the waiver wire this morning, I was looking at the roster and I was like, you know what? I can't just put Patty Mills. I'm going to put Patty Mills versus Edmund Sumner because Sumner has been the better player. Sumner has mm-hmm. leaped ahead of uh, Cam Thomas there as well. And I don't know if you guys remember, but two or three years ago, Sumner kind of exploded onto the scene. He was injured coming out of college but he was highly regarded. So he's had several knee injuries. He's always had talent. He's always had upside, and he's mm-hmm. finally put it together. Uh, we've heard several players already like hype him up. Kevin Durant has been impressed. So I think Edmund Sumner has a shot at winning this position battle, but I think right now Patty Mills has a slight edge, and I think he's to pick up, even though, as we know, Patty Mills' upside is not great. Yeah, yeah he's, I would say that's true. He's very, very boring. Three-pointers, that's about it. And the same could be said for Seth Curry, who just returned, but he's already being load-managed. Mm-hmm. Both right. Patty and Seth have such low ceilings for me in fantasy. Like, we've seen what these guys can offer at their healthy best in their prime, and it's not much, granted. Um, I, I mean, I, I think in a, in a universe where Seth Curry is, is fully healthy and, you know, and and the, the roster is is such as it is right now. I'd be decently excited about Seth Curry. I mean, he can get you some dimes and a bunch he could of be a threes top one hundred points. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah. so I would be ex- I would be interested in that one. He's eighteen percent roster, but as you said, it it takes a little bit of air out of the balloon that he's being load managed. However, I, to me, in a deep enough league, I think he's a pickup potentially, I, and I'd add him before Patty Mills personally, even if he's going to play less games. Does that make any sense? I, I don't know. I, like with a rest of season view, I'm down with that. But I think mm-hmm. in this short term window, while Kyrie is out, as we said, Seth Curry, mm-hmm. I think played 17 minutes in his first game back, then rested. Like that's not someone I'm looking to pick up for the next two weeks. So uh, that just takes the air out of the balloon to, yeah. to steal your phrase. Uh, and like, you know, to Jonas's point, I'm surprised that Cam Thomas is not even in the rotation at this point. It'll be yeah. interesting mm-hmm. to see if he can finally get on the court without Kyrie in the, in the coming days, because offense Cam is going to be a challenge. And a new Cam coach. Thomas too, is so surprised that, that Cam, I think Cam Thomas is surprised that Cam Thomas is on the rotation <laughs> as well. <laughs> That's true. Okay. One more guy, though, so, Joe Harris might be somewhat interesting. 10% rostered. Now, they have a back-to-back tonight and tomorrow. If Joe Harris plays both games, I'm suddenly a little intrigued there. Hmm. All right. Before we get into, you know, generally we talk sub 40% rostered in Yahoo or less. There's just a couple games I would, I guess we would call this kind of the last call situation on these guys because they're already past 40%, but maybe, maybe still worth mentioning. I mean, Jalen McDaniels, uh, 
coming off a five steal two block game in 36 minutes to me i think the, the thing i want to talk to you guys about is i worry a little bit that the fun could be could be over once Lamelo ball and terry rogier are back uh for jalen mcdaniels but even so i still think we have to uh, see where this goes i think it's right to be rostering him and and i think he could have value all season long but just be prepared for that possibility yeah, and he's already a favorite of Clifford's too. He's played the two, three, four, and five in his career. So there's multiple pass to minutes. Gordon Hayward is hurt now. So that's Hayward, Rozier. Sure. Uh, I think the Martin brother is injured right now as well, too. I haven't checked on him lately. And LaMelo, right? We don't know when he's coming back. So uh, can play in multiple positions. He is the stocks king right now. 1.7 steals and one block for 36 minutes. I think he started the season like nine of 12 or nine of 13 from three. He's regressed a little bit, but he's still at 50%, mm. which is just crazy. Um, he's top 75, just like his brother right now, a nine cat in 26 minutes per game. So there is a lot of upside here. And I was watching the Hornets the other day because I'm from Charlotte and I have to watch them sometimes. He was actually yeah. bringing the ball up the floor and dishing it. Like he did not do that last year. He was extremely limited offensively. So you can clearly tell he's worked on this game. I'm in on Jalen. I think he's going to be here for quite a while, actually. Yeah. And he's been a top, top 75 guy, despite shooting, I think 42% from the field to this point. And I love that point you made Jonas of the fact that he can get minutes at multiple positions. So yes, there's, it's reasonable to have trepidation about what happens when Rogier comes back and Lamelo comes back, the usage will take a little bit of a hit, but this is a guy who you look at those stocks and that's pure gold. As you said, I think he's at 1.6 steals, 1.5 blocks after that big defensive gem the other night. Those are the kinds of guys that I want for my waiver wire pickups because he's not going to need 30 minutes a night to hit value. He, you know, 20, give him 25 minutes, get, get some stocks some boards, hit a couple threes. Suddenly you're helping eight cat, nine cat managers. So yeah, I, I quite like his profile rest of the season. Stephen Coe in the chat is asking about Dennis Smith Jr. while we're talking about the Hornets. And I mean, mm. look, I mean, at this point, he's kind of proven himself, right? Like he's the plug and play option when LaMelo is out. I, I think there's no doubt about that. I think once Rogier and LaMelo are back, though, I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. is heading back to your fantasy waiver wire. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, Tyus Jones or a uh, guy we'll talk about in a minute, Davion Mitchell, some of these high upside contingency point guards. He's certainly proven, at least at this stage of his career, he can be that, if nothing else. Anything to add? Nope, that's a bargain bin contract the Hornets, Hornets got him on, too. So that's on the trade shift they have because you look at their roster right now, this team screams Victor Wimbanyama, right? Four of their top guys injured. Miles probably not coming back. So uh, we could see some definitely some fire uh, sales down the line here. All right. Uh, quickly want to mention Lonnie Walker. He's 50% rostered, has at least one steal in six out of seven games and at least one block in six out of seven. He's coming off 28 points in 40 minutes. I think he just needs to be rostered in most competitive leagues at this point while we see if he can keep these defensive stats afloat every passing day i i start to believe just a tiny bit more even though it's only been seven games jonas what are your thoughts on on lonnie anything to add we've talked about him a bunch already yeah spurs fans got to be thrown up right now man they, they gave away this guy and all of a sudden just going off for la that's just really unfortunate and honestly without lonnie the lakers are probably zero and seven right he's been really really good those last two games and both wins too so um, the reason i like lonnie is because even though his current shooting may not be sustainable LeBron James had his shoe off at one point during the game. His foot is really bothering him. I think this is going to be a year they have to load manage him. Anthony mm -hmm. Davis has been playing through a back injury. His dream of playing all 82 games came to an abrupt end on day three. Uh, really unfortunate for him. Tough scene. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think Lonnie, he's a great hedge against both Lakers superstars right now. 
so surprising to me, frankly, how how well he's performed this year. He's really come out of the gates hot. Even in their losses, he's been one of their best players most nights. And for a team that's aging and kind of lacks athleticism and explosive, you know, he's providing rim attacks every possession. Like he's just getting downhill. He clearly has a mandate to shoot, score the ball. You mentioned the defensive stats, 1.1 steals, a block per game. That's excellent. He's also hitting 1.73s despite shooting below 30% from downtown. He's a career Mm -hmm. 35% shooter from deep. So I think that only goes up. And it's not easy to find a 16 to 18 point scorer off the waiver wire. So that's another reason, like even if his steals, you know, the blocks to me seem a little bit uh, inflated early season, small sample size. But even if the blocks come down, if that scoring stays up, that's a guy you want on your roster. So no question to me. I don't know why his roster rate is still hovering below 50%. I grabbed him early and often in my leagues and uh, don't plan on cutting him anytime soon. I will mention quickly an asterisk that if LA does eventually cave and I guess cave and take that Pacers offer for Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, Buddy Heald could potentially crush Lonnie Walker's value. Sure. Just keep, keep that in the back of your mind. But I mean, at this point, that's almost the worst thing we can say about Lonnie Walker's outlook is like yeah. they might get Buddy healed. I mean, right. yeah. th- those are it's that and like maybe his defensive stats crater. Those are those are kind of the only two concerns. And I mean, maybe the defensive stats are the bigger concern at this point. I don't know, but you know, you don't yeah. you don't factor that in. You don't not roster Lonnie Walker because they might get Buddy healed. You, you cross that bridge if we get there ever. One more yeah. above forty percent guy to talk about, and that is also in LA, but it's the Clippers. Marcus Morris. Coming off a game of 21 and 10 with two steals, four triples last game. I said this before. If I have Kawhi Leonard in any leagues, and I do, I really would like to have Marcus Morris on the roster because I think when Kawhi's out, he's really going to pop and he can have that standalone value as well. Yeah. It's important to remember that Marcus Morris has been playing without knees for three years now, though. So at some point, the Clippers <laughs> will set him for a game or two. They've been doing this for the past two years. I'm a little hesitant to add him as a long term pickup. I'm not dropping anything I'm going to miss. But in the short mm-hmm. term, he's been playing really well. 14.7 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steals, and 2.3 triples. The Clippers need weapons right now. I think Robert Covington's still in the protocols probably for another day or two. So, yeah, keep Morris in lineups and just be prepared to drop him next week. Yeah, that, <laughs> next that, week. Per, per, <laughs> that kind of sums it up. Though. I mean, I, he's shooting above his head. He's shooting almost 53% from the yeah. field. Has another guy who's yet to miss a free throw this season. Um, the, even the rebounds, I think his rebound rate is considerably higher than it's been in recent seasons. So I expect a bit of a, a correction towards his, his kind of career mean. Uh, but in the meantime, you're talking about a guy who's hovering around top 60 value. You basically just have to roster him and, and see where it goes. All right. Now to a couple of guys sitting directly on that 40% rostered number, Alexi Pokashevsky, who has kind of within an eight game, eight ish game span has really had a tale of two seasons. It was a pretty invisible first four games. Uh, some of us cut him in a league or two, but the last four points, he's doing some Poku things, 10.3 points, six and a half boards, two assists, 0.8 steals, two blocks, 1.33 pointers. I mean, at this point, Jonas, I think I'd rather roster Poku than the rookie Jalen Williams. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I mean, that could certainly change. So I I don't know. That's where we are as of November 4th. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to March when Poku and Jalen are just running the show with SGA and Giddy. They're just sitting on the bench with ice packs on their knees, ankles, backs, and all that good stuff. (laughs) So um, I like him. (laughs) I like him a lot. I wish we could phone a friend and get Doc in here for his take. I know he's, he's a bigger Poku stand than I am. So 
Um, I wrote in the waiver wire that some nights he'll look like Larry Bird with like the behind the back passes and other nights he'll play three minutes and get pulled, right? So that's just a mm-hmm. poke to experience. If you stick with them, usually you'll get more ups than downs. So that's kind of the sell on Poku, right? Some nights he'll get you a near triple double and the other nights he'll play five minutes. And that's that's reflected in his Yahoo roster rate, which tends to yo-yo based on whatever he did in the game prior. And he had a really hot preseason. Like the buzz was was building and building and then all of a sudden fizzled when the game started to matter. Mm-hmm. But as you said, the last couple games, the defensive stats have been there. What concerns me and the reason why I've, I drafted him in two leagues, I ended up cutting him in one, kept him in the yeah. other. that's kind of where he is for me. He lives in like a gray area. And part of it is his field goal percentage is horrific. I don't, I don't necessarily see that improving. You would love to see him score a little bit more in the paint, but given his frame, I don't know that that's feasible. They want him to play as a five out kind of guy. Also the thunder are just matchup based. I mean, Mark Dagnall's whims are the entirety of their rotation. They've played 155 man lineups this season. Not a single one of them has been on the court for more than 22 minutes per game together. It's, it's wild. Like they're just constantly rotating five man groups. If Poku doesn't have it one night, he might play 17 minutes. So you're going to be frustrated with him on your roster, you know, strap in, prepare for that. Now, if you're going to pick him up, Poku's shooting, by the way, was not good at all the first four games. It's been better the last four for whatever that's worth. I think around 46%. And down the stretch last year when he was playing better, his field goal percentage was pretty solid, if I remember. So I don't know. I I get that that's a concern on any given night. But I think over the long haul, he may be not quite the disaster that he used to be there. And by the way, I have sent a fax to uh, Steve Alexander for his comments on Poku. So we'll see if he gets back to me uh, with that over the course of this podcast. By the way, as for Jalen Williams, like what do you what do you do with him now? I mean, I just dropped him in the 14 team company league. He only played 14 minutes there last game. He had that real nice game while I believe Giddy was still out. But then the last couple games is quiet. I was watching the game the other night. Uh, this guy's standing on the wing watching SGA do his thing and watching Giddy do their thing. I mean, I, I just don't see the usage being there while this team is at full health. Yeah, I'm confident enough to say that he will be one of the top three silly season heroes like later on. Yeah. But right now, mm-hmm. you're not going to get much. Now, if I right. had SGA or Josh Giddy, you can make an argument to keep him as your 13th guy in your roster. If you yeah. don't, just wait. There's going to be better options on your waiver wire. There's several this week. I'm waiting if I don't have SGA or Giddy. Yeah, that un- that uncertainty is something I was alluding to with Poku too. Just the mm-hmm. rotation inconsistency, t- it-, it tends to be all over the place. Like even the other night, they they load managed Kenrick Williams, who's probably played a total of like a hundred minutes this season, and they didn't tell anybody beforehand that they were going to load manage him. So I-, I do not trust the Thunder or their rotations. So a guy who's kind of marginal and is wearing a Thunder uniform is lower on my list than a guy who's marginal and plays for a different team. Yeah, and that coach has gotten in trouble too for not like uh, saying the right injury updates. And he's he's before the season said it, he wasn't going to say his lineups until the moment before he was due. So they're going to do all right. kinds of shitty stuff because he wanted to instill in his players what it's like to play for a winning team where you keep keep the the opposition guessing. So oh, that's really that's not great, helpful. Great, at all. great stuff. Great, great, great <laughs> stuff. Chris Boucher is 40% rostered. He has played 20 plus minutes in three consecutive games, which I would say is really all we've ever asked of Nick Nurse. But, yeah. oh, and by the way, first the numbers, 12 points, 4.7 boards, 1.7 steals, 1.7 blocks, 1.7 threes. If you like 
1.7s. This is a delight for you. But Fred Van Vliet has been injured. So Jonas, knowing that Nick Nurse, you know, will kind of potentially move a big guy up in the rotation when, you know, a guard is out. Uh, how much do we factor that in when we kind of calculate Boucher's minutes moving forward? Because like I said, all we're asking is for 20 to 25 minutes. But can we can we feel safe with that if we picked him up off waivers? I actually think so, because if you notice the difference in Nurse this year, he's actually talked up Boucher at least three or four different times. And every time it's been mm-hmm. energy related. That was the biggest knock on Boucher last year. He kind of he, remember he had that career year the year before, and then he just kind of took his foot off the gas and then Nurse let him have it. There was DNPs. There was low minute games this year. He's brought back the energy. He has a new contract. The Raptors really like him. And I'm confident that his minutes will stick because Coloco, I, I think, played 21 or 24 minutes uh, in the last game. And that was a blowout. He's as good as he is as well, he's the kind of guy that's going to get pushed to the side once FBV gets back. I think Boucher has locked himself in for 21, 24 minutes. They don't want Siakam playing the five full time. That's going to be bad for him for, for his body long term. I think Boucher is here to stay. And like I said, two years ago, and I think it was like 24, 24 minutes, sorry, 23, 24 minutes per game. He was top 40. Yeah, I totally agree with what you said about Nick Nurse. Po- you know the positive comments he's building him up he's he's praising the, the good things that Boucher is doing in past years he just ripped into Boucher's lack of uh, effort specifically in the rebounding department he was like this guy can't defensively rebound and this year all you hear are, are glowing reports and we know mm-hmm. that Nurse sticks with his guys and it seems like Boucher is the sixth man in the preseason they were using him alongside Precious Achua kind of mm-hmm. testing out like a jumbo size second unit mm-hmm. it seems to me like Boucher is kind of playing a chew off the court at this point but regardless and he's shooting over his head he's going to come down he's at 64 percent shooting 56 percent from deep those numbers will drop but it doesn't matter because as long as he's getting the defensive stats shooting at a reasonable clip he, he's locked in i think he's the sixth man there's an article in the athletic that even floated him as a very early candidate to be in the sixth man of the year conversation whoa, uh, i don't know whoa, that I'm, whoa. I'm willing cool. to go there but He's been impressive. Uh, the fact that his name would even be suggested in such a context is impressive. So much rather have a guy like Boucher, who's lower rostered than Pokusevsky, for instance. Yeah. Not even close in my mind. Yeah. And the blocks are going to come up too. Ryan mentioned that his three-point shooting will regress, but his blocks are actually down compared to the last two years. So I think those are pick up too. Yeah. I also I also think with Boucher, you know, positive comments from Nurse aside, you know, all, all the good stuff. You also got to be willing to weather like those 14 minute games that probably are still going to happen where he kind of gets forgotten. So you got to, I think you're going to have to navigate a little bit of turbulence, but overall really encouraging. And on a non waiver note, by the way, Gary Trent Jr. was indeed a steal in drafts. He's around 20 points per game, 1.4 steals, three plus three pointers again. A guy who got overlooked, I think, with all of that talk of the jumbo lineup that you mentioned, Ryan. Grant Williams is 33% rostered, and Jonas, I think we're probably going to be in agreement. That number should really be going up. He had 11 points, seven boards with two steals, a block, two threes the other night in 32 minutes. I mean, you know, continues to look good for the Celtics. Yeah, I don't get it. I literally wrote in waiver I don't get it. Why is this number so low? Like his blocks yeah. are way higher than we're used to seeing. He's contributing across the board apart from steals. And honestly, the steals will pick up. Like he's just too active defensively for it not to. He's going to fall into some eventually, right? So like you said, six rounder. And he had that dud of a game on October 24th. I think that was the ejection too. So, so much upside here. Orford has already rested back to back. So that'll probably be, that'll probably yep. continue to be the case. Yeah. What more can you want? 
Yeah, not, nothing really to add there, except another guy who's shooting will regress. He's at 63% from the field, 57% from deep, whatever. But it, the Celtics know who they have there. His role is is written in stone. And even when Robert Williams does come back, that will take a little chunk out of his value. It's kind of one of those situations where you cross that bridge when you yeah. get there. As Jonas mentioned, Al Horford is going to sit out games whether he's you know even if he's healthy Never. they're just going to rest him and they have a view toward winning a championship not winning 70 games in the regular season so grant, grant williams is locked and loaded yeah should be a much higher roster rate for sure al horford is an absolute machine i'm hearing none of this 40 plus minutes in two of the last three <laughs> games guys he's starting to pick it up 12 points 12 boards of steel blocking a three the other night the al horford shares are alive and well i, I feel like Big Al, Al right, Horford. Sorry for comment. disparaging him, Matt. No, no, no. I mean, look, I get it. I get it. By the way, the Celtics um, are going to regret not extending Grant. This, I've already seen like three or four teams linked to Grant saying they want to pry him away as a restricted free agent. They're going to regret not signing him. Okay. Patrick Williams, by the way, of the Chicago Bulls, has played 30-plus minutes in three straight games. He has responded uh, with some pretty good numbers, Jonas. I don't know if you have those in front of you, but what are your thoughts on this guy? Like, How high is he going to be on your in your column? Probably have him, I think... Three or four right now. I think I have him right after Chris Boucher, which sounds about right. And like you said, last three games, he's an eighth rounder. Um, Mm -hmm. The the blocks have really picked up. He's at 12.3 points, five rebounds, 0.7 steals, 1.7 blocks, and one triples. Um, And we saw this rim protection late last season as well, too. That was kind of like the main appeal here. Um, The Mm three-point shot has always been really good. He's a very high field goal percentage player. Um, and Bulls fans who had given up on him what seemed like last year and especially at the beginning of this season, they wanted him gone, right? I don't know if you guys follow anyone on Bulls Twitter. They cannot stand Patrick Williams. Maybe they're regretting that now, but he looks really good. Andre Drummond is out, which means smaller lineups. That benefits Patrick. And just we got to see the aggression. That's the one thing with Patrick. Yeah. When he's not aggressive. He's just useless, right? He's got to be in that right mindset, and I think he will. Uh, let's be fair. He was straight up bad for the first week or two of yeah. this season. Like he was, he was a non-entity on the court. His energy was lacking. the The rebounds were lacking. I think he knew it. The coaches, the coaching staff knew it. And there was real talk about him potentially losing his starting job, Javante Green. It was like night and day. Sometimes Green would check in. The energy suddenly surged. The defensive, you know, deflections and rebounds, all that stuff. Uh, but as you said, Patrick Williams, something has clicked and he's flying around the court the past couple games, getting those defensive stats, which are going to be key. I don't think that he can survive as a fantasy player without getting one plus steals per game. Yeah. Uh, what helps is that he's locked into that starting job and the Bulls don't really have an appealing alternative. Mm-hmm. They even, you know, Billy Donovan talked about, hey, maybe we need to change our starting lineup. We're getting off to these slow starts, but he never posited who who he would change because it's mostly a starting lineup full of veterans and then patrick williams um uh, yeah i i I like him i am a little more skeptical that he's going to keep this going rest of the season but he's surging right now so i might as well take that gamble yeah when i talked to casey johnson uh who covers the bulls for nbc sports chicago over the summer that was the big thing he was like patrick williams you know it's the aggression thing and Mm -hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Can he be aggressive enough consistently? And I don't think we've seen enough of a sample to say, oh, he's figured it out now. But encouraging either way. And I think a worthwhile flyer. And I do want to get to this question because it applies to the last two guys we talked about. This is Holloman928 asking, Grant or Patrick Williams long term? For me, because of what we just talked about, I think I'd rather have Grant Williams. I feel a little safer about him at the moment. Uh, do you guys agree? 
Uh, I think Grant's the safe play here, but if we're talking just pure upside, I think I want Pat Williams, honestly, just because I think he can block way more shots over the long run. I think his rebounding will pick up, like you said. Um, and as you guys know, he has way more in his bag than the Bulls are showcasing right now. Like he's a way better uh, on-ball creator than people give him credit for. He played point guard in high school. Like he has that in his arsenal. I'm waiting to see the Bulls to actually unleash it. Yeah, I guess my hesitation for redraft is I don't know that they will ever give him a chance to unleash it this season. Uh, you know, even without Lonzo on the court, just DeMar's got the ball in his hands so often. Levine, they can play through Vooch. That's just not his role. So yeah. I would I'd lean toward Grant Williams. One more viewer question that I think applies before we move on to some lesser rostered names. Who's the highest upside waiver ad that's widely available? This from the Professor HB who's watching live with us. Jonas... Uh, widely available can obviously be kind of a nebulous term you know Jalen McDaniels and Lonnie Walker are 50 percent rostered I think we both like those guys a lot I mean you guys sound most excited honestly about Chris Boucher at this point that was gonna be my answer (laughs) I would say I would say under um 60 percent rostered I would say Chris Boucher and then Patrick Williams are probably going to be one and two this week maybe Grant Williams number three something like that okay I'm curious what where Patrick Williams takes this because I don't know. I, I think, like like you said, kind of Ryan. We've seen we've seen both sides of this thing. We've seen the downside and the upside. Uh, very very curious. I have added him in at least one league, and I'm I'm interested to see where it goes from here. I do think it's worth taking a shot on. Davion Mitchell is 28 percent rostered. Last check, De'Aaron Fox has been dealing with a knee bruise. He had one real good game and one dud without De'Aaron Fox, and I think we're still waiting on the status for De'Aaron Fox for I believe Saturday's game, right? Yeah, and I would imagine he's out. I think this, the Kings are going to slow play this a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Davian Mitchell, apart from that one game where Fox left early, has not been good this season. Um, but I'm kind of drawing confidence from last year because there was a massive sample size when Fox was off the court, and Mitchell did really, really well. He was at 18 points, 7.4 assists, and 1.9 triples as a starter last season. Now, his steals are pretty low considering how good he is on defense. It's kind of like that Lou Dort effect where – Yes, he's an amazing defender, but it doesn't often translate to steals, if that makes sense. Right. But, yep. man, without Fox, I think he's top 75, even with the dud last game. Yeah, you you stole one of my talking points, which was that his, his off-night branded defense doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily translate to the real world. He had that three-steal game the other night, the, I think the first game that Fox was out. But beyond that, he said one steal in six games. Uh, a lot of that is he's just not getting many minutes. I think he played... 12 minutes in three consecutive games at one point. Uh, that That's not going to cut it. And unless they're going to play him alongside De'Aaron Fox, which it doesn't seem like they're likely to, I don't know where the rest of season upside comes from because Kevin Herter's red hot. They need that core spacing. Malik Monk has shown flashes. I, I, I just don't see it. What, what, what made you laugh there, Matt? <laughs> Kevin Herter averaging like 19 points on 12 shots per game. Screams, <laughs> yeah. screams regression to me, but I, but I am it as does. a Hawks fan, happy to see, happy to see him playing well for the Kings. Cause he kind of got, he kind of got banished from yeah. Atlanta unnecessarily, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's playing well. I think he's worth rostering. I just think all of that's going to come down. Um, oh, so didn't mean to derail you there. Didn't mean you, you pivoted to a Kevin Herter. <laughs> uh, we're going to go into, uh, let's do a hard 10 minutes on Kevin Herter now. Uh, career arc. We'll start with his rookie year, which, no, Davion Mitchell, though, I mean, I also thought it was interesting because he had that 23-point game, but then a nine-point game, and that game was more of the Malik Monk show. So, I don't know. I, I do want to roster Mitchell where I have De'Aaron Fox, but I'm not thinking this is a guaranteed plug-and-play. He's good to go anytime Fox is out. 
it could be there could be some monk games in there you know yeah i mean monk was really really good last game and i know he closed he had like six or seven assists too like monk has had his moments and it's like the last two years malik monk has really really impressed me he used to be like a bare bones like terrence ross now he's he's got something else to his game now which is cool to see yeah absolutely uh this is a guy who i don't know if he is going to make your column jonas he wasn't on your initial list but i want to talk about bruce brown who's 34 percent rostered and last four games uh has been pretty good 12 and a half points 4.3 boards five assists 0.8 steals 2.5 threes in 31 minutes Thursday night had a really strong game, 15 points, five boards, nine dimes, a steal, a block, and three threes. I mean, Hmm. I guess my perspective on him is he could be a little hit or miss, you know, while Denver's at full strength, but I think he's got a little standalone value and could really explode if there's an injury in front of him. Yeah, I'm glad you said him because I actually added him this morning when I did a, I combed through the list again. He's at 34% when I looked yesterday. I'm not sure what it is today, but he's Denver Swiss Army Knife. He does everything for them. He plays every position. On offense, he's the cutter. On defense, he's marking the best player. Um, usually uh, last year, uh, Malone would only talk about Jokic after the game because he gets, he's in love with Jokic. We all know that. This year, it's Bruce Brown, this, right. his new love interest. He loves Bruce Brown. That <laughs> is his guy, dude. So he's going to play a ton of minutes. Um, last four games, he's a six-rounder, 12.5 points, yeah. 4.3 rebounds, five assists, mm-hmm. 0.8 steals, and 2.5 triples. I also wrote that he's probably not going to be a long-term hold, right? Because Bones is out right now. Um, there's going to be some stretches, though, where he's putting a value when MPJ or Jamal Murray have to miss a game. So he might be like that Royce O'Neal player last year that just, if you keep him on your roster the whole season, he'll probably put up late route numbers with just ups and downs throughout. Right. Maybe not the most exciting guy to have on your roster, but it's going to chip in a little bit everywhere. Definitely better in category leagues, I think, than points leagues. As you were alluding to, like he can play multiple positions. He gets used in weird out of position ways where he's like they're playing mm-hmm. through him in the post on certain possessions. It's it's yeah. really interesting. And with Malone loving him, that's only gonna ramp up. He's already averaging a career high in minutes with twenty eight point three, career high in scoring with eleven point one, career high in assists with four point one. He's gonna give you some defensive stats. And he this is a guy who quietly shot over 40% from deep last year. He's nearly 50% from deep this season. He's going to get a ton of open shots because defenses have to pick their poison with the Nuggets Mm -hmm. offense. Bruce Brown's going to be standing wide open at the three-point line a lot this season. So I think with his versatility, the Nuggets injury problems, and the fact that they're going to load manage various players throughout the year, yeah, as you said, they're going to be ups and downs. He might not be the most exciting guy week to week, but I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes top 100. All right, we have more to come. Uh, some quick hitting uh, pickups and a couple more of your questions. First, we're going to take a quick break. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart 
can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024. Cargo and low capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Download the Road World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. Meanwhile, it's a weekend of must-watch events on NBC and Peacock. It all begins with the Horses and the Breeders' Cup Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, followed by Tigers. That would be Clemson Tigers taking on Notre Dame football in South Bend, and it's capped off with Saturday Night Live. The action continues Sunday with the NASCAR Cup Series Championship at 3 p.m. and wraps up with the Titans battling the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football starting at 7 p.m. All of it on NBC and Peacock. Okay, uh, Jonas this is the point of the podcast where I say, where do you want to take it next? Who, you know, the, a lot of these remaining guys are 20% rostered or less. Uh, we won't hit everyone who's in your column, but who are the priorities here? Yeah. I'm going to spread some Terry Eason propaganda. Once again, like I'm just going to, please, you know, he's just so good. And the athletic wrote this big puff piece on him where the assistant coach, uh, John Lucas compared him to prime, Dennis Rodman, you heard that. Prime Dennis yeah, Rodman. Yeah. And if you watch the summer league in the preseason, you're like, yeah, you might be right there. He's ridiculous. And in the last game, he was all over Paul George, dude. He was all over him. Paul George could not get anything mm-hmm. going against him. Um, in 18 minutes, he had six points, seven rebounds, two assists, one steal, and three blocks. The dude is incredible. He's already posting late round value in like 15 minutes per game. We know the minutes yeah. are eventually going to come. KJ Martin's going to be out of there eventually. Um, eventually the Rockets will try to move Eric Gordon. I don't know how successful they'll be, but the minutes are going to come, right? So I'm just going to hold on until that happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Now, I did, to my discredit, have to cut Terry Eason, or I didn't have to, but I did cut him in a, a redraft league. It's weekly head-to-head, and he just isn't getting the playing time early. My team is off to a bit of a slow start due to a bunch of injuries, so I moved on. But I kept him in a roto league, and I'm excited to see what the second half of the season holds. And that quote from from Rockets assistant John Lucas was even more intense because he said that Terry Eason is a prime example of a better Dennis Rodman, <laughs> who you can po- pencil in for X amount of points and so forth. And, you know, all the over-the-top plaudits aside, right. you see it when he's out there. Like, he's a ball of energy. He's physical. He's attacking. There was one game early in the season where he got blocked on three consecutive possessions, but on two of them, he got his own miss and scored. I'm like, this guy, he's just got an extra gear, and this is a team that's, you know, rebuilding, developing whatever state you want to call their franchise as being in. Terry Eason should be a pillar for this team. There's no reason Eric Gordon's going to be playing 26 minutes a game in the final months of this season. So Terry Eason, it's his arrows pointing straight up. Yeah. And I mean, if you're someone who like, if we talk about upside, we had a question about who's the highest upside player on waivers right now. I mean, you could argue this guy yeah. is, mm. you know, and if you're, if you're a patient manager who's willing to take the long view and say, I, I don't, you know, I have a one roster spot here. That's just the absolute lottery ticket. 
why is that player always in Houston? I don't know. But <laughs> last year was like <laughs> Alperin Shangun. But I, I don't know. I think at some point, you know, this guy who seems to be kind of a force of nature is going to force his way into a 25 plus minute per game role and watch out when that happens. Should logic prevail yeah, in yep. Houston? Uh, not always the case. Chris Duarte is coming off a 30-point game, which was truly out of nowhere. <laughs> Ryan's face, just like when I said that, melted into itself. That was a great – I need a screenshot of the look that Ryan made there. Jonas, red herring, I mean – don't, don't buy it. What's that? What's that? That 30-point that game is a red herring. Don't, don't do it. I know it is, but, you know, are we just kind of watching here, just make sure, you know, he doesn't build on it? I, I don't know. It's like, is this wish- April already? It's ridiculous, man. We're, we're seeing some weird stuff already. He had a combined 11 points in his previous two games. It's like, if you chase yeah. this, like, good luck to you. Right. I'm talking, say. Good we luck just have such a large sample size from last season and the beginning of this season. There's no reason to think that one fluky game where mm-hmm. they were shorthanded and he went off matters, really. Against the Nets, um, too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, fine. Fine, we're moving on. <laughs> Larry Nance Jr. has been playing well. I know he was going to make your column, Jonas. I believe just 11% rostered last check. Uh, But, you know, they have also been dealing with injuries. Uh, Can Nance do it with them getting closer to full health? Yeah, I may have to cut him from the list. I know Brandon Ingram is probable for tonight, if I remember correctly. So that really, really hurts Nance. He's probably looking at 20, 21 minutes. A streamer on a 12-game night, probably not. I think you can do better. So let's, let's cut him. Let's move on. All right, sorry, Larry. Sorry, you're uh, you're staying in the you're in the podcast, but you're out of the column. <laughs> who else? Who else do you want to mention, Jonas? Because I was gonna yeah. I was gonna talk about Emmanuel quickly, who I don't know if he was on your list. Yeah, I'm excited that he's gonna get 16 rebounds every game for the rest of the season. I'm really excited sure. about that. Great to see. Sure. You know, the thing about quickly is every time I ride him up in waiver wire, he he'll come up with like like a nine minute game and just get benched. So I'm kind of cautious. I might put him on the watch list just because obviously that was such a mm-hmm impressive game but yeah quickly he's just right. so hit or miss man one game he's playing 25 28 minutes and closing the next game he's playing 15 so that's a total crap shoot. right to that end last four games 19 minutes 28 minutes 19 minutes 29 minutes i watched the entirety of that Knicks hawks game and i mean 16 rebounds i don't know how that guy got 16 rebounds someone mentioned that to me after the game and i was like wait a second what <laughs> quickly had 16 rebounds are we sure but I mean, look, he was great down the stretch last year. All he needs is maybe one additional, you know, injury. I don't know if it's the oft injured Derrick Rose or something like that. Should he get hurt? I don't know. I, I quickly, I think, could run it back where he has another really good stretch run. I just don't know if it's right now. I want to go to another name that I want to put on my watch list, and that's Dyson Please. Daniels. Oh, you love this guy. He's your new Melton. Mm -hmm. He's your new Melton. He is so freaking good, man. Just massive size for a point guard. Literally has Sean Livingston's build, and he's just so impressive. 16 minutes last game, he had eight points, five rebounds, two assists, a block, and two triples in 16 minutes. During the preseason, he led all players in deflections. He is everywhere defensively. I know the Pelicans are crowded in the backcourt. You don't have to add him right now. But if you're looking for a breakout candidate at some point, along with Terry Eason, I think Dyson Daniels is that guy. He looks way readier than people realize, honestly. Yeah, and Willie Green loves him. I'm real mad that I didn't get him in our dynasty draft. Yeah. I don't know. I, did, I don't I know think. who who did. We did that. We did that startup uh, thirty team dynasty league this year, and I I wanted him badly, 
because the Pelicans love him. Everything I've seen from him looks amazing. Like, as you mm-hmm. said, he's got the the size, the physical tools, the, uh, you know, the, the court vision. It's all there. It's just a question of whether he's going to be able to realize that potential this season, which I don't know that he will. The Pelicans, I think, have a four and three record right now. They're probably looking at being a playoff team. Yeah. maybe play in whatever but they're going to be competitive so i don't know that they have the luxury of just running daniels out there 20 25 minutes a game uh but he's an injury away from being an absolute must roster guy so definitely yeah. click that star and add him to your watch list yeah quick note on the pelicans this is pretty cool they own the rights to swap picks with the lakers this year from the brandon ingham trade i am 99 sure i'll have to go back and look but i'm pretty sure that they can swap with the pick uh with the lakers this year wow hmm. nice uh, Jonas, before we get to a couple of viewer questions, any more names you feel like you would not be able to live with yourself if you did not mention here today? Another player I want to mention, Josh Richardson. I'm curious to see if his minutes stay somewhat afloat with Devin Vassell coming back tonight. I don't know the latest mm-hmm. on Kelvin Johnson. He missed a game with, as Ryan said, tightness. It's just like they're just coming up with every excuse in the book to sit, guys. It's just hilarious. Um, Trey Jones popped up with like a random injury. You never know if any of these guys are going to sit night to night. So. <laughs> Josh Richardson. If tightness was a was a thing. I would never play pickup basketball again. Right? I mean, <laughs> Lord, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, but yeah, Anyways. someone's got to produce for the Spurs. There's no Josh Primo. Josh Primo was an extremely high usage player that could fall to Josh Richardson too. So I'm curious to see if he gets 25 plus minutes tonight. If he does, I'm in. Yeah, and the Spurs might have some incentive to spotlight him too, uh, mm-hmm. because he's a definite trade candidate for yeah. more established teams who just want a three and D wing. He's already popped up in a couple trade rumors, so there's extra incentive to keep Jay Rich on the court, remind teams of what he's capable of doing. Uh, and the Spurs are hurting right now, as you mentioned. Joshua Primo's gone. Blake Wesley had a pretty promising debut the other the other night, and then now he's out six to eight weeks uh, with a knee injury. So they're they're kind of running on fumes. So there's a little bit of opportunity there. Jeremy Sochan only played 10 minutes in their last game, possibly still dealing with an illness, a yeah. little unclear there. But that's another guy to watch uh, as a potential pickup, just 12% rostered and had strung together a couple, well, a few usable games in a row before that. So Yeah, Popovich had his arm around him. He's like, hey, man, just go to the back. You don't look like yourself. And that was it. So <laughs> that was it. Uh, okay. Are we ready to get to a few viewer questions before we go, guys? Sure. Let's do some questions. Okay. Sure. We had we had a question about... Okay. Well, here's one we'll take care of real quick right now. Uh, time will tell 713. Is Jalen Williams or Josh Richardson more of a stash slash hold? I mean, we talked about Jalen Williams earlier where, yeah, great later in the season lottery ticket, it seems like, for when these shutdowns happen right now, when they're at full strength, hard to rely on. So kind of take your pick but i think josh richardson has a better shot at value right now yep i would say richardson now Jalen later 100 percent. depends on yeah how how you manage your teams this one is not a waiver wire question per se but we were talking about the nets earlier macudona wants to know do we panic sell kyrie irving in fantasy if we even can at this point who would you even try to trade him for i mean i don't know i i think I think you just have to hope that he's back on the court. You know, when he's back on the court, you can trade him. Someone asked on on Twitter that they had been offered DeMar DeRozan for Kyrie Irving. Would you accept that offer? Would you would you prefer DeRozan? Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. 
I I would go ahead and click that check mark on accept on that trade personally. Look, yeah. I think people yes. that drafted Kyrie are expecting 60 games from Kyrie, right? 60 games of first-round <laughs> value, and then you deal with the rest of the stuff. Just purely basketball, if you get 60 games of Kyrie, you're going to get a win, basically. Yeah, yeah, I'm just looking at I'm just, just, just mute your Twitter notifications. I know, and honestly. <laughs> set your, I mean, set your lineups. DeRozan's top 50. I get it. There's not the same ceiling here. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I would take I would take the... I would take the DeMar DeRozan bailout on my Kawhi Leonard investment. That's for sure. Yeah, that's, that's definitely for sure. <laughs> that also, to me, though, like I, I floated DeRozan. That doesn't seem to the viewer's question like a panic sell. Like that's yeah. a legit right. trade. That's not right. like, oh, I need to I need to unload Kyrie for 10 cents on the dollar. Like, I don't think we're there. Right. OK, the one other one, I think that I think I only have one other one that we really didn't get to here because we do have to go in a second. Someone was asking Jonas, I can't mm-hmm. find it now, about, uh, well, believe it or not, Christian Coloco. Someone yeah. wanted to know your thoughts on Christian Coloco. <laughs> of the yeah, Raptors. I have that question too. And I actually like Coloco a ton in Dynasty League. So I'm, I'm interested in buying low there. Now, remember, the last game was a blowout that definitely helped his minutes, but he has really impressed in limited minutes. And when you're talking path to play in time, like it's precious, right? Once they get precious out of the window and he's really, really slowed down, sure, there's a spot for 15, 16 minutes of Coloco. Is that enough for standard league relevance? Probably not this year. But at some point, if the Raptors are missing a starter, yeah, because all their starters play like 34, 36 minutes. If they're missing FBV, for example, there could be a 22-minute game for Coloco and he could shoot a couple blocks, decent boards, good field percentage. But in terms of reliability, I don't think it's going to happen for him this year. Ryan, deep in thought. No, you don't have anything to add about Coloco. You haven't been thinking about Christian Coloco all all day. Christian, Christian day. Coloco was was not on my radar. So this is very <laughs> yeah, interesting. that's fair. I one percent roster. One, I love the question. Yeah, it, it, it helps that he's playing for the Raptors. They love mm-hmm. nothing more than long limbed defensive type guys. They they don't yeah. bat an eye at playing unusual lineups with a, with a ton of size. So that helps him. But I, yeah, he wasn't even on my radar for a pickup. So now I'm that's fair. I'm glad that I question just, popped up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was really just messing with you because you top three name in the NBA right now, though. I love that name. (laughs) All right. Uh, That is going to do it for us on this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a moment to rate and review us as well. We would appreciate that. We are back on Monday and Friday next week. On Monday, we'll be rounding up some more waiver wire pickups from the weekend and some takeaways as we get into week four. In the meantime, check out Jonas's waiver wire column on NBC Sports Edge. I want to say thanks to everyone for listening, watching live, and sending in your questions. Ryan, Jonas, thanks. Have a great weekend, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. 
Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.